<laughs> what up, PIF gang? Yeah, I guess this is a little new hashtag little thing I'm trying out. And I guess that's kind of new for me, the whole trying out new things thing. So, y'all gonna rock with me with this. What up, y'all? <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm feeling... I'm feeling present right now. So, I guess I could do the intro for good time's sake. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, wherever you might be. This is your host, Mr. Brandon Wade, but you can call me B2. You can call me B squared. You can call me whatever you want to call me. But guess what? You still got to follow the rule. The rule ain't changed, regardless of what I've been experiencing. And that's the beauty of things. To be able to experience. But man, y'all can call me whatever you want to call me as long as it's nice. Welcome back to your favorite show, Pay It Forward. We're back in the building. And I'm present. I'm stable. I'm here. I'm feeling real. I'm feeling happy. And maybe it's not so much that I'm just feeling happy as I'm feeling present. So I promised y'all I was going to take y'all with me on this journey. And... That has taken me to some places that I really didn't expect that I'd be going. You know, I told y'all about last week and I, um, I posted, um, my last show, which was a special episode. It was, uh, to both my, my father and my, my natural father and my spiritual father who both had passed away, um, within the space of a year. Um, my biological dad passed away in April of 2019 And I found out, you know, like a week or so ago that my spiritual father passed away on May the 26th. And I didn't really even find out until a couple days after my birthday. So, you know, um, I have made some significant progress with that. But I guess more importantly, I just want to take everybody on this particular part of my journey. Um, It's been a journey to coming back to being present and... um, being present from what I learned is, is, is not so much just allowing the parts of us that feel good and feel happy and feel stable, but it's allowing the parts of us that also, um, feel sour feelings that, you know, as we've seen the, the, the community of positivity and the community of self-help, we talk about negative feelings, but feelings are like indicators, man. Like, like what I've been learning lately is that I've got to come as I am. And that's kind of a new sort of understanding for me is, you know, come as you are, because I've never really felt super comfortable coming as I am, man. Like I like personas, you know, personas mean you can show the best parts of yourself and the parts that nobody else want to see. You ain't got to show all that. So you can just edit out the parts that people don't want to see. And then you kind of guarantee everybody likes you, but then you start to feel restrained. You start to feel restricted, man. And, and, um, I want to go into this because I know we don't really, people don't really talk about this and maybe not even just that. I want to talk about it. You feel me? So one of the things I want to talk about and is, is the myriad of feelings that you experience when someone dies in your life. And now I can say that I've got a little bit of experience under my belt, having two father figures die in my life. Um, both of my father figures, uh, you know, I learned a lot from them and I told y'all I had a lot of different pain that I had experienced from both of them. But one thing that I felt 
when they died. And I've really, man, oh man, I, it has been a thing about really just feeling like super guilty and even feeling this way. But bro, have I felt so much relief because man, in the last parts of my life or their lives, my life in their lives, my life has yet to continue. And I'm just now getting into the phase of my life that I was meant to do. Um, but man, in the phase of their lives, man, I had to be what they wanted me to be. You know, there's like, there's a lot of religious texts that I have looked at and read and I'm getting into doing a little bit more, but, um, I'm most familiar with the Bible. So, um, in the Bible, there's a story about, uh, David and he's a king and he's a documented king. And, um, this was before he was a king. And he had to challenge the strongest warrior in the land named Goliath. Everybody, a lot of people heard the story of David and Goliath. But just in case you haven't, um, David had to challenge um, Goliath. And he challenged Goliath. And when he went out there, the king at the time, Saul said, man, let me give you, let me give you my armor. You feel me? Like, let me, let me give you the way that I do things. And so he gave David his armor, you know, trying to be like, man, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna help you out here. But everybody's like, man, we sure David's gonna die. David put on the armor and couldn't move. David said, nah, man, nah, I can't do that. I gotta take the armor off. And when my dad died, when both of my spiritual dads died, it was like I was taking off armor because the way that they had this, this idea that they wanted me to be in their head, they had, they had confined me to this ideal and I found myself restricted. I mean, in the last couple of months that I had my, my spiritual father in my life, I felt like we almost couldn't really talk and we were almost on eggshells because I felt like I just wanted to have some stable father figure in my life that was going to accept me for something. If he wasn't going to be able to accept me for who I am. He was going to accept me for something. And as I've been transforming, I started to go like, wait a minute. I don't think I'm the person that you think that you, that I am. I think that I'm something different. And right now I really need the support of somebody who is going to love me regardless right now. And I felt like he wasn't really able to give me that he was experiencing whatever he was experiencing. And I was just like, I am not going to show you any of this because right now, man, I'm going to be honest. I do not trust you with that. And it felt horrible for me to feel that way. I was just thinking, man, bro, what is wrong with you, man? Like you can't love your parents enough to where you do this and that. Like, like that's, it really bothered me, but I found myself having to take off that armor. Cause I said, yo, I can't move like this. You know, you have me in this idea that you want for me, this ideal version of Brandon that you've created for me. And these were things that, you know, times he would actually say like, yeah, that sounds like you. And I'm like, that's not me at all. But he had an idea that he'd built for me. And so did my biological dad. They had a way they wanted me to be a path. They wanted me to walk on. And it wasn't the way that I knew was in my heart that God had put within me to do. And I was like, bro, I cannot do that. And he's like, yes, you can. And I found myself torn. I found myself stressed. I found myself putting on airs and facades, man. Sometimes my, my spiritual father called me and my heart would just drop. Cause I'd be like, man, I can't keep doing this, man. I can't keep doing this. I can't keep doing this. There's like, there's a quote that somebody said where it talks about, um, uh, I believe the holistic psychologist talks about this. Just a great Instagram resource. Uh, she talks about this. She said, um, like when you are, it's, it's better for you to experience the pain of finding out who you are 
because when you don't, if you if you if you're stuck with somebody else's belief of you, then you basically are going to just die a slow death following their belief of you. And like that's like big facts like that's exact. That's that's I couldn't even tell you how big facts that is like. I, I felt myself just like I was like withering away on the inside. Even if I was smiling and happy and polished, I was dying on the inside. I was not comfortable. And it's not even like the, oh, it's the uncomfortable feeling. Like I was like compressed. It was like, and I just kept getting compressed more and more by these ideas. Like, oh, no, 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 I can't say that because what about what about what Pop going to say? What about what Dad going to say? What are they going to say? What are they going to say? What are they going to say? And it was just like, oh, I can't, I can't, I can't. I was just like, no, Really? That is not the way I was designed to operate. And I remember thinking, God, this is going to suck to say. But man, I got to have a way. And I got I was like, man, I got to have a way out of this, man. And so when I found out that he died, man, not only did I feel horribly guilty, not only did I just feel ashamed of myself for even feeling that way, because deep down, I was like, man, I didn't want you to die, bro. But I also felt relief. I was like, oh my God, I don't have to do that anymore. I finally don't have to do it anymore. I finally don't have to hold up to a standard that somebody has put over my life. And honestly, it was just that I didn't feel the deep courage to tell him no, because I had I was, I was had so, so much of a deep fear and trauma of being emotionally abandoned again by a father figure that I was really willing to betray myself to be like, Hey man, you, I will be what you need me to be, whatever you want me to be. Even if I can only be that for two minutes right now, as long as I can have some love, man, I was just talking to the homie about this and we talked about the emotional cookie basically. And that's kind of like how I felt that I had experienced in my, my family with my dad, who was like, I was chasing after emotional cookies. Like, Oh, I got to do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. And then I'll get rewarded with the cookie. And if you're living in a house that's emotionally stable, there's food everywhere. You ain't got to fight for a cookie because you know, you're going to get fed. My parents, my dad, especially, he did the best that he could. He grew up in a completely traumatic household, but that didn't mean that it did not take a toll on my emotional state which is the healing work that I am doing right now. And so I want to talk a little bit about it's coming as you are and being present because that's what I've been learning in this particular period of time. It's been necessary for me to actually feel what's in my body because what's happening is my body will send me signals about it. You know, a lot of times people say, oh man, pain got to be, you know, that got to be, you know, the devil or something like that. It ain't the devil, bro. A lot of times it's just our bodies trying to let us know that there's some type of trapped emotional um, emotional resonance was inside of us. That's like, Hey, 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 I'm trying to tell you, you've been hurting right now. And this is the only way I can get your attention because you've got really good at ignoring me. And sometimes we have to ignore our body's sake in order to survive. But what happens when we're out of survival mode? I felt that I had to survive in dealing with my dad for 28 years. My dad died at 28 and you know, my spiritual, my spiritual dad died right before I turned 29. So both of these dads, I felt that I had to do these things in order to survive. It stopped becoming a vibrant relationship and it became a relationship around survival. I was fortunate enough in the last month or so of my dad to have somewhat of a vibrant relationship because I had finally set some boundaries down and said, hey, dad, this is not going to be okay. 
And even with my spiritual father, I had to set some boundaries down. I said, hey, pop, you know, I love you and everything like that. And I know you mean well, but is there any way that you can rephrase some of the things you're saying? I know what you're saying, but I'm, I'm not able to appreciate and receive what you're telling me right now. I need you to rephrase that. And then there were times that he'd get defensive and be like, look, you you just don't know what it is I'm trying to tell you. And I'm like, no, listen, sir. No. And so in a lot of the instances I had, I had to set boundaries. And when you come from environments that don't know anything about boundaries. So I'm talking right now kind of to the black community, too. We don't know a lot about boundaries because we weren't modeled boundaries. We had most of our boundaries violated. So we don't know a lot about boundaries. So you have black families that don't like when you have the door closed. And it's just because doors closed mean boundaries. And for you guys that have had to do and betray yourselves in order to just survive in the household, I want to tell you right now, man, not only do I love you, man, I feel you. I feel you on a visceral level, bro. So, hey, it's okay. It wasn't okay what happened. But it's okay that you had to do that. I'm saying it because I know that that was what I had always wanted to hear. And that's even what I've gotten to hear a couple of times. It's okay. You did what you felt that you had to do in order to survive. And sometimes the way we know how to survive is to betray ourselves. (laughs) Look. So I guess it brings me back to the point of being present. What's that meant for me? Well, it's meant taking time and allowing a lot of my feelings to flow through. And over the past couple of days, I hadn't done that. And so I started to just feel stopped up, started to feel bound up. I started to just feel tired. And then and, 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 and my body's like, hey, bro, hey, you're not feeling yourself. Hey, you're not feeling, you are not feeling. And I'm just like, hey, look, you, you ain't going to bother me about it. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And I'm, that was dead serious. I'm, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. So my body was like, all right, here, this tooth that you ain't had problems with. Now you're going to start, it's going to start hurting. I'm like, wait a minute, why is this hurting now? And it's just like all these, these, these physical, and my body's like, hey, 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 fam. You lost two fathers in the space of a year. You need to sit and feel. You need to sit and feel and be present. And so when when a lot of times we're not willing to do something, our bodies will take the time and be like, bro, you're going to listen. Ma'am, you're going to listen. Like, you're going you're gonna to learn. You're going to listen. So I feel like we're stepping in in an era, and one of my favorite relationship coaches, uh, Brian Reeves, I've even had him on the show uh, in the past season. Um, Brian Reeves, he said that he said it's like the feminine energies are being brought up to the surface. And that's just a concept that we both, we all have different sides of ourselves. And we have a masculine side, a feminine side, and the feminine energies that have been repressed for so long are being brought up. And so people are being forced to feel as opposed to think. And the masculine side is like, hey, 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 stop making me feel things I don't want to feel. And That, I really believe, has a lot to do with the root of racism. It has a lot to do with the root of systemic oppression. Is that you have a lot of people that their masculine side is screaming out, stop making me feel things I don't want to feel. I do not want to feel discomfort. I do not want to feel shame. I do not want to feel guilt. I do not want to feel that. And I will do whatever it takes to not feel that. That is a proponent of the systemic racism and things in which we have experienced in life is a lot of us just don't want to feel some of these things but the feminine energies have been kind of coming up to the surface and a lot of things have been getting exposed 
a lot of stuff has been coming out. A lot of truth has been coming out and you've seen a lot of things happen. And the reality is, is that these things have always been there. A lot of times when people are getting sick, everybody, people sometimes would be quick to blame it on an outside source. Oh, it was just because of some universal energy attack. Oh, it was because of the devil. It was not because of either of those. It was because there was repressed, there was repressed issues, repressed trauma, some type of unprocessed trauma that our bodies are trying to let us know of. And our bodies end up doing something because that's the only way a lot of times we'll pay attention. So some people end up with hypertension or, or, or high blood pressure or something. And they're like, why did this happen? And it's like, because, because we don't often like to feel. And I, I have definitely um, over these past couple of days, even up to recording this, hadn't really even wanted to do that. And it wasn't until I came down and talked to my mom because I'd been feeling some, 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 I've been feeling a toothache and I hadn't had one of those in a while. And I'd been feeling just some, some, some pains. And I was just like, Oh, why am I feeling this? But then when I started to talk about it, I said, yo, my body is still in grief. I am still in grief. There's a lot of stuff I'm not feeling right now. And, and as I started to get in touch with the way I was feeling, it was like my body started celebrating like, yeah, 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 yeah. This is it. This is it. This is it. This is it. You're present right now. This is where I need you to be. This is what's most important. This is what I need. And wherever we are and wherever we are, the best thing we can do is walk and move and be present in it and through it and not skip ahead because oftentimes our bodies and our hearts and our minds, God is trying to teach us a lesson. He's trying to show us something. He's trying to get us in touch with a part of ourselves that maybe we've denied. And I've honestly been denying it. I've been like, man, you hungry? You sad? Nah, you just hungry. You sad? Nah, you just tired. You sad? Are you, you're feeling uh, melancholy? You're feeling sour? You're feeling fresh? Nah, you not, you're not feeling that. You're feeling... You, you just, you just, you just feel, need some distraction. You need some fresh air, you know? And we're taught that. And especially as men and even more so as black men, we are taught that deny, 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 deny. You know, we blame the current political state for something that has been rampant in our country for many years. We have lied and seen many lies in our country. And the main reason we've seen that is because we've lied to ourselves. We lie to ourselves all the time saying, man, I'm good. And I ain't good, man. I'm feeling great. And I'm not feeling great. We don't tell each other that we need help, that we desire help. We don't tell each other and ask each other for community. And we wonder oftentimes why things don't show up a certain way. This is necessary for us to come in touch with what we need to be. And I'm grateful for this chance because as I got on here and I started recording, man, I started to feel some vibrancy come back. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. There it is. And, and it was like my body, it's like God saying, yeah, 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 yeah. Here, here, here. I need you to be here, here, this present tense you, this is where I need you to be. This thing that you don't really want to look at. This is, this is what I need you to look at. I'd even had this conversation with another homie of mine. We were talking. I said, man, you know what? I think that it's the stuff that I feel most ashamed of talking about. This is probably the stuff that God wants to use the most. This is probably it. The stuff that I'm like, yeah, I really, 
if there's any person that I cannot talk to this about, I really don't want to say anything about it. I don't want to talk about how I'm feeling. I don't want to talk about the ebbs and flows of what I'm feeling. I just want to act like everything is good. And that very thing is probably the thing. The guy's like, yeah, no, 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 no. That thing that you're trying to get past, that thing that you're trying to numb, that thing that you're trying to hide from, no, 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 this, this is it, this is it, this is it, this is it, this is it. So we talk about come as you are. We talk about being present. We talking about being real. And I'm figuring that out. I'm figuring what is that? What does that actually look like? What does being real actually look like? I'd like to say it looks like this. But tomorrow it might look like something else. And they say, but isn't real stable? I don't know. I think maybe the, the decision to be real is stable. But real, I think, looks different. Real, I think, is not a, 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 a personality because a personality often evolves and changes. I don't know if that's, that's real. I think real is just something, a decision that we make on the inside that's like, okay, 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 okay. This is what I'm feeling. This is where I'm at. This is where I'm at. I am going to decide to be present and feel through it because there's usually something. And oftentimes there's a blessing in feeling. We just, especially as men, are taught not to do that. Don't do that. Deny, deny, deny. We're taught by our father figures. Deny. We're taught by even our mom sometimes. Deny. We're taught by girls that we meet in our lives. Deny. And the reason we're taught that is because they were taught that. And everyone's just mirroring the things that they were taught. You know how many things there are out here? I, I, one of the main things I've been seeing a lot lately is, bro, who said that? Like, someone's got to ask the question, who actually said that? And that's just, that is whatever it is, these, 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 these tropes that people say. Like, you have this thing where people are like, keep your head up. God gives his hardest battles to his greatest soldiers. Who said that? Bro, someone has got to question who is saying these things. Because a lot of times, they just sound like inspirational things. But they're just stuff people are saying. And they're not necessarily based off of any actual truth. They're just based upon a perception of something that happened to somebody that one person said and everyone else adopted. And then we just accept it as a universal truth. And it ain't even true. Man, there are a lot of things that people just say, you know, where they say, oh, yeah, you marry your parents. Who literally who said that? And then when we look and you go, who said that? And we look, and you go, you know what, bro? I don't know who said that. And everybody goes, oh, you know, I don't know where that started. And sometimes all it just takes is maybe a few people going, yeah, I don't know if that's true. And then everybody looks around and goes, yeah, you know what? I think they're spitting facts right now. Maybe that's not true. And look, there are, the, the point is, is that we are taught to deny, especially as, as men, and we're taught an unhealthy way of denial. I'm not talking necessarily about the denial that, can come with, with, um, allowance of feelings and making a decision that may contradict your feelings. The point is, is that we even deny that we have the feelings in the first place. We deny them. We repress them. We say, shut up. We say, you listen to me. We say, my feelings aren't even here. And our feelings are meant to be felt because if they weren't meant to be felt, we wouldn't have them. We would just simply be um, autonomous thinking machines that could just think and not feel, but we were designed to live a vibrancy in life. 
I mean, Jesus even said, man, I came to get life and that much more abundantly. So whether the Bible or religion is your thing or not, it is a universal concept. It is a universal law that we are to live vibrantly and abundantly. And as a nation, as a people, we don't do that. And that sucks. And so I find myself, I found myself, you know, wrestling with, oh, I don't want to feel this. I don't want to feel this. And then the main thing that came up is you shouldn't feel this. Who decided that? Who decided that I shouldn't feel this? Sometimes that decision came from my spiritual father. Sometimes it came from my natural father. And the main reason it happened was because that's what they were taught. You know, my spiritual father was a Marine for 20 something years. He had a lot of trauma in his life. So his life taught him it ain't safe to feel what you feel. Don't trust people. So what did he teach? What he loved, what he knew. My natural dad had a lot of things happen to him in his life. His belief was you always got to stay five steps ahead of everybody. Everybody's out to get you. Can't trust nobody. Can't trust your family. So what did he teach? Those things. But oftentimes it's the people that we look up to the most that teach us these lessons that we oftentimes absorb as the gospel truth. Not realizing that every single person is going to have their piece of a perspective. Even if there is a whole truth behind that perspective, we as a, as a collective will probably never really truly understand that whole truth. So it's just to break the myth of where people say, oh, well, speak your truth. Okay. That's not I like, like here's the, here's what, where, where, where I think that that's real. All right. And I'm going to get back to me. This is just something I felt like I wanted to talk about for a while. Here's the talk about speak your truth, right? Okay. Two people go to the same restaurant. I say Olive Garden because, you know, I, I, I mess with Olive Garden. Just in case y'all know, I have with Olive Garden. So two people go to Olive Garden. They order the same thing, same food, cooked by the same chef or whoever's in the back room. Same time, comes out at the same time, it's made the exact same way. They both eat the food at the same time. And those two people will have completely different experiences with the same food. One person might be like, man, this is the best food that I have ever eaten. And the next person will be like, man, I will throw this plate out the window. I can't stand this food because two people will have two different experiences. And so the truth of the, for this first person might be, man, this food is delicious. I love Olive Garden. The second person will be like, this food is terrible. I hate Olive Garden. And that will be that person's truth. But the overarching truth is that Olive Garden makes food of a certain quality. That's the difference between the universal truth and the separate truths that two people have. That means that each person is going to have a separate perspective because we're people and that's how we were designed. doesn't necessarily mean that my truth or that person's truth is absolutely right or absolutely wrong. It just means that there is something to it. So that's just to clear up a little bit about where people say, speak your truth or whatever. And, and, and it shouldn't be a violation point where, you speak, you, you know, we're speaking our truths and we're overriding other people. The truth is, is that if we're really confident in our truth, we should want other people to have their own experiences. So that's been something that's, that I've been dealing with and being present is allowing myself to have my own experience. Oh boy. Yo, <laughs> listen. All right. I did not think. That it would take so, I, I, I did not imagine it would be like this. 
Feel my own feelings? Me? By myself? Brandon? Like, uh, what? And so I'm getting used to doing that because the two figures in my life that their opinions matter to me more than my own are now gone. And so I'm like, all right, like they're dead now. Like, and I'm like, what do I do now? And I'm like, feel what Brandon feels, make decisions on Brandon's behalf. And I'm like, Hey, who's the, where's the setup here? Like, yeah, but what if I do something wrong? Like who's going to come in screaming at me, telling me I screwed up? Well, nobody. What if, and then, and then the scarier thing is what if I don't screw up? What if I make the decision and it's correct? Like, that was a linchpin that I always had in dealing with um, parents, especially my my, my dad and my fathers that I've experienced in life. And I've been blessed to have two of them. So, um, if I ever did something or stepped out of line, they come screaming in like, hey, 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 you tripping. And it would just be based off of their experience, but I'd always feel better about myself that somebody was shaming me because I always thought the shaming was love. Somebody shaming you, telling you you ain't doing something right. Then I was like, oh, they must love me because they're telling me that something is wrong. That's what I always understood as love. Performance, perform at your highest ability. The best way that you know that you're doing something right is if no one's telling you you did anything right at all. And if someone tells you you did good and that person's telling you you did good and they don't ever tell people they did good, that means you did really, 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 really good. And if you do good, you'll get love. And if you don't do good, you don't get love. That's been what my view of what love is, has been. And now that it is healing, now that I have gone through and experienced some healing through this by being present, by sitting, grounding myself, by working with some of my friends, some some coaching and stuff like that, I've been like, okay, love is actually not meant to be conditional based upon a standard of performance. Love is something that encompasses. It's something that envelops it holds it allows space and it loves enough to put boundaries up it loves enough to say hey i the the best way for me to express love to you is by giving you space and giving myself space to work on and to allow myself to return to you with lots of love to give but if i don't have any love to give then i would rather take that space and work for myself And allow you to do the same. And so love is there regardless of perception. And so is. So is the connections that we can have healthy connections. It means that when you say someone is that you ask someone to be there at three o'clock, that they're most likely going to be there at three o'clock. And if they can't be there at three o'clock, they'll probably tell you like, hey, you know. I won't be there. They're not going to be organized. They're not going to be chaotic. It's not going to be, oh, I thought I was going to be there at three o'clock, but then I'm actually going to have to do it at five. But then, so I'm so sorry because this, that, and and that adrenaline rush that comes with chaos because there's an addictive factor that comes with chaos. There's an addictive factor that comes with not being present. There is an addictive factor that comes with being disassociated. And I can feel it sometimes. Like when I connect with some people, I feel it to be like a buzzing in the back of my skull. Like, whoo. Oh, man, and it'll feel good. It'll feel familiar. It'll feel like home. But the thing about feeling like home is that sometimes home wasn't a safe place to be. And that is something that means more 
in the sense of being really present because when we're present and we're grounded, we start to realize that, oh, everything isn't panic worthy. Matter of fact, most things aren't panic worthy. It is true that some things happen in the world, but very rarely do those things have to come to you. Half the time, they only happen 5% of the time. I mean, they only happen 5% of the time. You know, they say, oh, this happens, but that that's one of 95 million times. And it's very likely that you'll be unli- unlikely that you will be the one, especially if your, your, your heart set and mindset are not focused on being that. My dad had a truth that he was never meant to crash cars. Now, have people crashed cars before? Absolutely. But in the 68 years my biological dad was alive, he never crashed a car. From the time he started driving to the time that he died, he never crashed a car. And he told me that once. He said, man, it's been, you know, I've been driving for, you know, 60 something years, never crashed. My dad was one of the best drivers I've ever, I've ever been blessed to be in a car with. Being in a car with him was like the safest thing I could ever do. That is something I miss about him, man. He was a great driver. And, you know, we went on a lot of trips together and stuff. And he just knew how to get you from point A to point B. And the best place you could be was driving with him because he just never crashed. And I mean, regardless of what people did in traffic or whatever, he just never crashed. Now, I'd been in car accidents with him before, but the thing was is that those people all hit us. He never crashed. Never once crashed. I don't even think he he scraped the car. But he had a, a truth in his mind that he just did not crash cars. And you know what happened? He never crashed cars. There's people who have a truth in their family that they will never be broke. And these, some of these people literally live their entire lives never seeing any form of being broke, not having money, or anything like that. And there are some people who have different truths. Some people end up in a healthy marriage and have a healthy marriage their entire lives. Because people do have different perceptions of, um, of, of, of truths. And those truths require us to learn and be present because some things we don't learn for ourselves. So I'm 30 years old now. And I found out that, you know, with all the stuff I'm doing, I'm learning these things for myself. I'm learning what is most important to Brandon. And I was recently able to do some coaching. And in that coaching, I was able to uh, identify some core beliefs. And I said, man, I'm so happy that we're finally able to do this. I never even looked and realize what my core beliefs are. What even are they? What are the things that matter the most to me? And there's a value. There is a value in being able to care and being able to be conscious and being able to be present. Because even as I've been able to be present in doing what I was doing, it's where I got inspired. And I said, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm free to record. Man, and, and, and that's been something, too, is feeling like I'm free. I'm free to record wherever, whenever I want, whenever it strikes me. There was a time before that I was limited by time constraints. I was limited by the constraints of the studio in which I bartered for studio time in and that the engineer and stuff like that. And I have none of those constraints anymore. I record whenever I want to, I upload whenever I want to, and it's ready whenever I want it to be. I am free. I am free in many ways that I thought I would never be free. And that freedom sometimes feels really 
scary because it's not something that I have been used to. And my body has been like, hey, 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 we don't know this world. But that doesn't mean that I am not interested in going. So step by step, I'm taking on the task of deciding, yeah, you know what, I'm going to go. This interests me and it interests me enough to where I'm going to go. I'm learning how to be present, guys. Sometimes that's meant taking deep breaths and 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 and, and feeling whatever is in my stomach. You know, right now it's kind of like a a hot kind of intense feeling in my lower stomach and uh, some dryness on my lips, things like that. Like I'll try to identify exactly what I'm feeling. All right, what are you feeling right now? What are you feeling? And then saying, I allow this feeling. Sometimes it's required me to cry, and I've done so. Sometimes it's required me to uh, write, I've done so. Sometimes it's required me to do a lot of things. But the constraint of feeling bound by some of the relationships I've had is finally not a part of my life. And man, I still don't really know what to do with all that. It's a new feeling to know that I have time. You know, okay. Let's say this is now. Say I've got time. I've got plenty of time. I've got time. I've got time. And we have the constructed idea that time is an illusion. And maybe it is. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I have to live every day of my life in survival mode. Because when you're in survival mode and the times I was in survival mode, I wasn't thinking about nothing but the next minute, the next hour, the next, you know, day. You know, I was thinking about what what other plan was my dad going to try to hatch up or what other call was 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 pops going to get on the line and, and ask me some question or something like that. And now I don't have to think of that stuff anymore. And my mind is still going like, hey, 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 is this really over? Is this really a thing? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's really a thing. Oh. <sighs> Oh man, but did they, yo, nobody told me that, 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 that processing through these feelings was going to be so intense that my body was going to sing in joy, but also scream sometimes at the intensity of some of these feelings flowing through my body that I was going to have wild dreams sometimes. And that this was what my show was going to start encompassing. I used to say real discussions, authentic discussions. I didn't think that they meant this. I thought that it just meant, you know, maybe shooting the crap with somebody and laughing or something like that. Or maybe, you know, talking about topics that people don't really talk about. And now I am talking about topics that I feel like people ain't really talking about. I'm like, whoa, I didn't think it'd be these topics, though. So I I just remember one time going to school and it was my first day before I went to school and I had gotten just about everything set up except the day before I realized that I really didn't have any stuff to take with me like I had gotten all my classes and all this stuff but 
I didn't know what I was going to take. I mean, I had like an old Everest backpack from the downtown alleys in LA and like an old notebook. And I was just like, what am I going to look like showing up to school with this like old Torah backpack? Like I don't have nothing. And I just remember sitting here and just suddenly just feeling overwhelmed. Like, bro, I'm finna go to school again. I have not been to school in I don't know how many years. I'm going to an entirely new school. I've never even been to this campus in this way. I don't know who I'm going to be talking to. I don't know any of these people. I don't know any of these students. I don't know what experiences I'm going to have. What am I doing? What do I even bring? And I felt like God just told me, bring yourself. And I'm like, bro, what does that even mean? Bring yourself. What I'm, what I'm going to do with that? Like, um, I'm like, I'm just assuming that I'm going to look stupid. And he said, I just want you to show up. You know, just, just show up each day. He said, if you show up, I'll handle the rest. I said, all right, cool. I said, you know what? I can do that. And man, I showed up each day and everything worked out each day in some type of weird backwards way or forwards way. It would always work out. And I'd be like, yo, all that was really required was me. And that was kind of the scariest part because I couldn't show up with any personas. I couldn't show up with any ideas. I couldn't show up with any idealistic thinking. I had to just be, I had to just be me. None of these people were going to know me, be impressed by anything I did. Nobody was going to care. All they were going to do was see me, whatever image or idea that they made of me, they were going to see that. And that has been scary. And that has felt similarly so in doing my radio show in this way see i know how to do radio shows in a way that are interesting or make people talk or things like i know how to do that stuff but being real it feels more natural but yo i can't tell you how many times i've done something like this and thought bro who is gonna even give a crap about listening to this and then hoping that somebody's gonna tell me, bro, I'm so happy that I listened to this. And then being surprised if someone does tell me that. So I'm like, listen, man, I'm just trying to figure this out. But I can feel my body sing when I'm present. I can feel my mind and my 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 heart feel connected. It feels like I'm sitting next to a pool of water and I've just got plenty more in the tank when I'm connected. And it's not about whether the person agrees or disagrees it doesn't I don't need any of that because I'm giving out of my authentic self at this moment at that moment right now I'm present that's my gift that's what matters the most to me right now so I guess if there's anything I would say is for whatever it can be come as you are Whatever that is. If you come in screaming and crazy, come. You know, I talk about building authentic community and stuff like that. If you, if you, you on some stuff, come. If you sauced up, man, come. You feel me? Because the type of community that I'm talking about being built is a type of community that each and every person might just find out that we ain't all that different. So, man, however it is you come, pull up. So good thing about this is that I feel like I can just kind of talk until I don't really feel like, or I feel like I've said what I need to say. And I feel like this is a good point. So yo, I really am always grateful for everybody that 
listens to and takes the time to pay attention to what pay it forward is and what it's becoming. This is like part of my life's work and I'm so happy to be a part of everything that's going on. And I'm so happy to have a platform where I can express and be my authentic self, man. So, um, I appreciate y'all. This show is going to always be streaming. Um, it's going to be streaming on Edom rocks radio. It's the, the, the link is in my bio. It's also going to be on Apple music, Spotify, iHeart. Um, still working on getting it on a few other websites. So it's always going to be there. And, it's soon to become even a little bit bigger. We're going to get into some video segments, you know, some call-ins, some guests. So there's a lot, there's a few more things in the works, but the whole and most important thing that I'm doing is I want to pour out from my authentic self and I want to give to y'all. So, and if there was anything, man, I would just say that God bless y'all and not even in a religious sense, because, you know, everybody says that God bless y'all. But just the God, the universe, whatever method works for you. Bless y'all. And keep y'all and lead y'all to whatever truth, especially the universal truth that we're all searching for. You know, I believe that we will find that. And so, God, I thank you that you will guide us to that universal truth, whatever it is. So I speak that according to. To my God, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, I love y'all. And I appreciate y'all for what y'all do. And um, we're going to see where we go from there. So y'all going to listen to the last of my favorite song or one of my favorite songs, Kiss of Life, and we're going to vibe out. I love y'all, and y'all remember this. If nothing else, you do have the mojo. You do have the magic. You are. And guess what? You do have the juice. See, I forgot the order, but you know what? The order ain't even all that important. You got the juice, you got the mojo, and you got the magic. I love y'all, and I'm going to holler at y'all. Peace. Peace.